This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. I'm Pastor Dan Yazel, welcoming you to Grace Notes, an outreach of North Taranaki Methodist Parish. I invite you to sit back and relax, grab a cuppa, and listen. May God surprise us and bless us in this moment. Hello, and thank you for tuning into Grace Notes. Happy Pentecost. Today we hear the story from Acts of how the Spirit comes in such a surprising and amazing way. We're 50 days after Easter. It is a time to calibrate and consider how it is that we live out our lives of faith. Thank you for joining today and for listening in. May God bless us all in the hearing.
Our first reading comes from the book of Psalms. I'll be reading uh, the tail end of verses 24 through 35 of Psalm 104. Listen for these words as they meet us today. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there, living things, both small and great. There go the ships, and Leviathan that you formed to sport in it. All these look to you, to give them food in their due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Here ends our first reading. And 
And our New Testament lesson today comes from the book of Acts. It's the second chapter that tells the story of Pentecost. Let's listen, you and I. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were staying. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one of them heard speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygria and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya, Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds and power. They were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. People of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? God of amazing grace, of astounding miracles, you call us together round and warm ourselves by the fire of your word, by the light of your love. Breakthrough and surprise us this day. Speak to us in words we understand. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, I was walking down Devon Street just the other day doing a little bit of research, and I was strolling along, kind of peering into the windows of all the shops, and I was looking, and I couldn't find one single indication that Pentecost was coming. Now, that may not come as much of a surprise to you, but for the church, the Christian church just has three major holidays, and Pentecost is the only one that hasn't been claimed and turned into something of a buying season or uh, in the marketplace. You never hear that there are only 10 shopping days left until Pentecost. And really, maybe that's a good thing. Christmas and Easter, our other two big holidays, have become so thoroughly commercialized and secularized, I think that we often have to struggle to keep the sacred in focus. How many bumper stickers at Christmas time say, keep Christ in Christmas or remember the reason for the season? But we haven't had much competition for Pentecost, most likely because the church itself hasn't really known what to do with it. And so stores haven't really figured out how to capitalize on it. But of the three major church holidays, Pentecost is the oldest having been celebrated as a Christian holiday from the very first year of the Christian era. So Christmas and Easter are truly much later additions in the rhythm of the church year or the church calendar. In one story, contained on one page of the Bible, the church is never the same again. And maybe that's why this scripture can be a troubling one for us. Suddenly, everything is new, and everything is different. And it's confusing, and it's messy, and it's out of control. It starts out easily enough. We read that a group of faithful people are praying. It's a nice, quiet worship service. Even my people, the Presbyterians, would be comfortable in that little room with people praying together. This is dignified, respectful. People doing what Jesus told them to do. But then the wind blows, and it's no little breeze this Pentecost morning. Big wind, mighty gusts, and fire. Tongues of fire sitting on everyone's shoulder, and people excitedly speaking in different languages all at the same time. What would it have been like that morning? What would you think? So much noise. So much confusion. No wonder people thought they were all drunk. And no wonder the mainline church has tucked this passage of Scripture up into our ecclesiastical attics. We read it because it's Scripture. If we were in church, we would have all the pyramids, the, the dressings on the pulpit or on stoves or the communion table. They'd be read in just one day a year. We celebrate just a little bit. We call this the birthday of the church, but we try to keep it under control. Not too much confusion, not too wild or crazy. Because if we're honest about it, this scripture lesson about the coming of God's Holy Spirit unto all people is an embarrassment to us. It is so noisy and so confusing. People are being weird in church in church of all places, in church where we want to keep things quiet, 
in church where we want to keep things the same, especially when nothing is ever the same in our society or in our environment around us anymore. This Holy Spirit might just come and embarrass the church to death. But here it is, the story once again. The wind blows and a church is born. The wind blows and people are forever changed. The story of Pentecost begins with the story of wind. Nothing seen, but certainly noticed. Nothing said at first, but something is definitely heard. After the wind comes, there is fire. Fire that changes everything it touches. It's a day that from outside appearances, it makes no sense. But for those who hear the good news in their own language, for those who could speak and be understood by someone else, for those who knew about God's love and call to community, this was a new day. And for them, church was about to begin. Pentecost is the birthday of the church and the beginning of the first church service. This was not a quiet, sleepy little service where people might just let the Spirit pass them by. Look at the community gathered and then growing larger. Look at who the Spirit chooses to infuse with energy, imagination, and love. It was Peter, the one who had denied Jesus three times. It was the disciples who had followed Jesus for so long and still couldn't get it right or even come close. They had been leading incremental lives, following Jesus with hesitations, reservations, wanting to encounter Jesus only on their terms. Then the wind blows them off their feet, and they're standing in a different place, able to do things and say things that they hadn't before. And they were pretty excited about what God was doing through them. Jesus said before his death, you will do even greater works than I have. Something was happening and they were pretty excited. Before Jesus died and after the commissioning of the 70 by Jesus and the great success of healing and casting out demons in Jesus' name, there were 70 who went out and did the work that Jesus had called them to do. They hesitated at first, but then they did it and they returned home slapping each other on the back, congratulating one another, saying, wow, look at that, we made a difference. Some people watching them must have thought that they had been out of their minds. The presence of the Spirit is recognized when people speak and they are heard and they are understood. When the deepest questions and longings of our hearts finds a voice and goes forth from us, and these are heard, and they are understood by others, and then a loving response comes. Grace is alive, and the Spirit is moving. A word of good news comes to us in ways and words that we understand. When we hear, God loves us, and we know it really is true for us, the Spirit has spoken, and church is about to start. It is in community, a community of people gathered, that are expecting God to act and do something, that the Spirit does come. It already happens in so many ways, and 
It'll happen in new ways, I'm sure. Scripture shows us of a time when church was about to start in a new, wonderful way, when people would speak of their lives with honesty, trusting that the Spirit was present. Church is about to start, and we don't know what comes next, whether the Spirit is going to lead us, but it's going to be good, and it is a gift of God. The good news happens when we hear each other and act in ways that affirms God's merciful and loving way. It starts with wind. It moves to words, and there is light, and there is warmth, and there is life from being together. When something new happens, it's always like that. New things happen when things seem messy or out of control to us human beings. And that's what's happening in our scripture today. God is making something brand new happen. God's holy winds of change are blowing over the people of God to those standing by and seeing what God was doing. It was noisy and confusing, but there is an exciting thing about the passage and maybe a little more subtle than all the flames and tongues. It's that God's word is now heard in many languages. And again, not so much that it was heard, but that it was understood. People got it. They understood what God's love for us through Jesus was all about, and everyone was excited. Now, in our day, you can stand, scream, shout at rugby games or cricket matches, perhaps, World Cup fans, certainly. But how far can you go before somebody turns to their neighbor and says, wow, that person's a little over the top, aren't they? Or oh, People can show enthusiasm for golf or boating. But let somebody get excited about their faith. Or let someone become possessed with gratitude for what God has done in their lives and express their dependence on God in the midst of a crisis or illness. Then I think, sadly, people just kind of politely look at the ground and they don't want to engage in a conversation about what somebody is seeing or hearing about God's love. For us, expecting and wanting everything to be the same, Pentecost is pretty chaotic. But as we read on in the book of Acts, we see what God is doing. The holy wind continues to blow. The flames of holy passion ignite the people of God to do wonderful and extraordinary things. Ordinary people, people like you and me, they begin to do amazing things. Now there's a definition of spirituality that I like the very best. It's one that's easy to understand or memorize. You know, what's spirituality? What if it's the fire within us? What if it's that gift from God that moves us to action and warms our souls, that calls us to serve others? That first Pentecost, the flames could be seen on the outside of those gathered. But something was ignited inside, and it's remained lit, and it glows for us all. Sometimes maybe it's just a glow, an ember that we carry or that we see, and other times maybe it's a wild brush fire. But always our God is looking for a language to connect to us with love. Let's listen, let's look, let's wonder, let's be grateful. 
Happy Pentecost. Thanks be to God. So that's all for today. I hope you've caught a glimpse of grace through this time. You're invited to join us for worship and fellowship Sundays at 10 a.m. at New Plymouth Methodist Church, the corner of Weardit and Powderham Street. Until next week, God's grace and peace be with you. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to www.accessradiotaranaki.com.